When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, a busy Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Good stuff today we'll get into from quarterback Adrian Martinez, Luke McCaffrey, Ryan Held, man. The engine that is going to be the Nebraska offense will be that running game, powered by the offensive line. And how about Super Mario, man? Mario Verdusco. So we'll hear from all of those folks. Brandon Vogel is 20 minutes away from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Gary Barnett next hour. And then Jay Moore. Some thoughts on the defensive line, the uh, the, the necessity for competition, and uh, Jay will weigh in on some NFL thoughts. You can join us, and uh, we invite you to do so. 466 377 Seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Those are the numbers to get in. You can find us on Twitter at uh, Schmidt underscore Radio at Herbal Essence is where you find Elijah Herbal on Twitter, and can email Chris at HaleVarsity dot com. So, uh, plenty of things discussed with the quarterback competition, uh, some of the off season navigating COVID, and some special running backs that. Some guys are new, and some guys learned what it's like to play in the Big Ten. So all of it will be covered. And just a few thoughts here to, to, to open up here with Scott Frost and his sit-down last night with the network. Listen, we're two weeks away, man, and it, it feels like it's been 80 weeks. I get that. But um, color me excited. I'm smiling that, yeah, it is two weeks away. God forbid anything happens. Knocking twice on wood right there. But you know what? It's going to be time to roll up the sleeves and see where things are at against Ohio State. But but one thing that I've noticed, and, and I think uh, Nebraska fans have noticed here, as we go into year three with Nebraska football, is the reality that I think Nebraska has stayed quiet. Uh, they've been quiet this offseason aside from hey, dude, we need to play football, that that was worth being loud about, and they helped push that forward. But it, as far as the hype, I mean, think about Scott Frost in his time at Nebraska, just how quirky and weird and uncharacteristic it's been. All right, from, from game one to season one to season two and the hype, and now... Folks are just kind of waiting see mode on Nebraska nationally. I get that. And folks locally within the great state of Nebraska, you think they can be okay, but you want to see it, right? Before you're just, here's my money, let's buy that stock. 
and you know how difficult the schedule is specifically to start out. I'm excited about them going up early on against some of the best of the Big Ten because why not get somebody early rather than get them when they round into form? But Nebraska has had a quiet confidence. Nebraska's been humbled a little bit, and there's not been a lot of talking. And I think with head coach Frost and his staff and this team, they already let their actions do a lot of their talking this season, and they'll let you judge the volume on that. How do they come out against Ohio State? What level of competition? How competitive is that game? Is it 2018 versus Ohio State where it's a nail-biter? Is it 2019 where the national stage and game day's here and you had a national championship caliber Ohio State team come in here and just dismantle Nebraska Uh, No shame in that because Ohio State did it to a lot of teams last year. So you have a quiet confidence this year with Nebraska, and there's just not been much hype of of some of the newcomers, right? I mean, even the young pups, there's not been a lot of extra accolades thrown on their shoulder pads, and I think that's okay. And I think the, the case in point, right, is Adrian Martinez. He's example number one of well-deserved accolades after a freshman season, right, where he was as good as any freshman in the country, uh, did really well and navigated things. It was a really real bright spot, especially for him to come in and, and take that job like he did. But then you go to year two and you get the pats on the back, and we all love pats on the back. We all love praise. But do you get comfortable when that happens? It's human nature, right? So Nebraska's been a bit more reserved, at least openly and outwardly, when talking about folks. I mean, you're going to hear some of the names. You're going to hear about Ben Stilley, who's a grizzled veteran. You're going to hear about some of the JUCO guys, and you're going to hear about Omar Manning. All those names and that staple of of guys that that are your fifth-year seniors, uh, specifically on some of that offensive line when you look at Hymas and and Afarniak. I mean, those are the guys you're probably going to hear from and you're going to hear about. But as far as the praise, the the double helping of, man, this kid's going to be special, um, some guys just aren't ready for that. And I'm not speaking specifically at all to anyone at Nebraska. I'm just saying it can just uh, add too many ingredients to uh, to this cookout you're trying to do. See, my question when relating to the hype is uh, for the Husker fans, was it was the hype for this season derailed after the, the disappointment of last season? Because there was so much hype within the state for that team last year, Frost in year two. Or, or was it derailed by the Big Ten's decision at the beginning of August? Because that really just was, I mean, demoralizing, mm-hmm. that whole thing. So You just was, were unsure. You didn't want to get your hopes up mm-hmm. and then get your heart broken. So, I mean, if, if we keep progressing towards a season, will, will we have a an even faster building hype train for the next two weeks before the game, or has it just been derailed for this season permanently? I, you know, I don't think the hype's derailed. I think there's just a healthy dose of uncertainty because it is literally week to week. Uh, great, there's eight games plus one scheduled. You hope to get them all in. You've already seen some postponements around some of the major colleges. You've seen Notre Dame come down with COVID. So there's the health and in, in, in pandemic aspect you got to deal with and jack with anyway from a safety standpoint you fought to 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 come back and play but i think you you look at the uncertainty of the pandemic where it could be taken away uh through no fault of your own and then i also think the the uh the balloon that burst and i can't 
get into what was filled in that balloon with the, with the strength of schedule. <laughs> okay, uh, in some corners they're like, "Oh, damn! This is how you open." Ugh, there's no build up to maybe be peaking. You got to come out of the gates ready to go. So I think both of those factors may have pumped the brakes on top of how high your expectations were last year with all the national pats on the back and then how the season really played out or you just under-delivered. And I, looking back at last season, uh, you know, it, it really kind of started that second half of the Colorado game. I think that affected this football team moving forward. You find a way to win that Colorado game or you, you knock them out with a touchdown and a field goal where that lead truly is insurmountable. Right. Maybe this season goes a lot different a a year ago. So I think there's just some some skepticism, which is healthy. But I think there's a real mentality here with this football team about wanting to go out and prove it and let what they do on the field be their voice versus the um, the the, the talking and uh, and some of the uh, the specifics the first two years. And I think that's all right. Let's hear from from Adrian Martinez as uh, he was featured. We'll hear some more from Luke McCaffrey as well. And first part I want to get into is is the wide receivers. And this was the first question out of the gate with the uh, the Zoom meeting. Uh, and it, it's worth knowing, right? Where is Adrian at? Where's the receivers at? How's that gelling process going because you've got a lot of different names you still have Wandale you still have Cade Warner but there's some genuine excitement for some of these new faces that can add uh, to this wide receiving core and make this offense as as potent as you think it can be on top of the fact you got Matt Lubick in here that's really done uh, fantastic work in a short amount of time in a quirky off season you got all of those elements swirling around and here's Adrian on that gelling process those guys have really done a great job of attacking uh, each practice as well as uh, I think our communication has just been a lot better and Coach Lubick's done a great job. I've seen a lot out of those guys and, and we're excited about them. I think we're we're continuing to get better and, and we will continue to do that moving forward. You know, Adrian was asked about his mental health, just specifically, not I shouldn't say specifically his, but just the, the topic of mental health. And uh, Oscars.com put out a, a pretty heartfelt uh, look-see into the ups and downs of a college athlete. Diedrich Mills opened himself up, uh, was it a week ago or so? About, yeah. Uh, where he just said, look, man, this is how life is going. This is life of, as a college athlete. This is life uh, as a a guy that has battled some issues and got booted from Georgia Tech. And look how he's turned himself around and hunkered down. And he was very thankful to the uh, the psychologists that, that are on staff at Nebraska that's real. That's real in life. That's real in those folks that put in the, the eight to five. And it's thankfully being recognized. Dak Prescott's come out with it, obviously, with, with him and his family. It, it is something that you do need people to talk to, uh, whether you're venting or the, the reality of the pressures and having to live up. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot of weight on on shoulders, uh, specifically college kids that are just there to get an education and play some football, right? Uh, and, and Nebraska is is no different, and this football team's no different than a lot of other kids around uh, the U.S. And, and the world when it comes to 
this pedestal they're placed on and how do you deal with the pressures of that? Adrian uh, spent a little bit of time discussing just the importance of mental health. And think about him, man. He's a guy that, uh, again, had a great freshman year, was dinged last year, tried to get through it. He wants to reassess and come out and have a, just an incredible third year. And there's a lot of folks cheering for him. But when, when you don't play awesome all the time, <laughs> you are going to get hammered by some. Some folks will be understanding. I, I pray that many are more supportive through the bad and, and don't ditch a guy if he's not always good. That isn't reality, unfortunately. So here's Adrian on that mental health aspect uh, and dealing with uh, this competition, uh, COVID, and just being in this spotlight as a quarterback at Nebraska. I think it's um, definitely not talked about enough. Uh, especially in college sports. Um, obviously, we're, we're amateur athletes, but we also have a pretty big spa- uh, stage similar to professional sports. And um, I would say that's something I'm just thankful to be a part of Nebraska. Uh, we have a great support system here and our coaching staff, um, Dr. Brett Haskell. Uh, she works with players kind of on the psychology piece. Um, we have a great staff, and I'm really just thankful that I, I chose to come here, that I chose to be a part of this um, this community and I think despite everything that happened last year um, I've received nothing but support from the people here in this building. Adrian's a tough dude. He has had uh, parts of his life where he has had to be so so strong and and he is showing that again. I mean Adrian Martinez is a guy that knows a lot about perseverance and I don't doubt that he'll continue to persevere through the good and if there are some down times uh, and, and he's anxious to, to battle back and play some football when it comes to how things have been going on the field this is adrian about his practice performance uh, as he uh, spoke about that a little bit earlier today i feel like i've been doing good uh, i'm just trying to get better at at doing what the coaches are asking me to do you know continuing to execute continuing to make quick decisions um, and get the ball where it needs to be. I think uh, there's always something I can improve on, and I've been really trying to do that uh, this fall camp and each day, really. Let's talk about uh, young guys that have had a lot of responsibility thrust on them, not just Adrian Martinez, but also Adrian was asked about you know, Cam Jurgens, how, how he navigated through some ups and downs early last year to really round into – uh, an uber talented, super athletic, just uh, road grader. That uh, man, he is. He's he can be very special at center, and you saw him get better. Adrian spent some time on on Jurgens, and also the rest of that offensive line. Again, that is your key for twenty twenty for Nebraska. I can relate to him in that way. His first couple games, obviously there's going to be some adjustments. There's going to be some bumps and some learning curves, and um, we all made mistakes. I think as the year progressed. He was taking some tremendous strides, and this year, obviously, I'm really confident in him. And in our O-line in general, I think those guys are studs up front. Um, And I know for sure that myself, Luke, and the rest of the quarterbacks, we're confident in those guys with everything we have. Last thought here from Adrian. We'll hear from Luke McCaffrey here. Brandon Vogel's coming up next. The uh, topic of of Luke McCaffrey and Mitch Sherman asked this about uh, maybe having more of McCaffrey sprinkled in to some of the offense. And Adrian's right about that that isn't his call. But you know what? Maybe uh, another weapon 
could be a good thing for this offense. Look, that's not my decision, but Luke is a very talented player. I know he can be great for us at at quarterback, running back, receiver, whatever the coaches decide they want to do, that's what we're going to do. And if that's going to help us win games, I'm for it. Do we have time for the the preparation? Got 11? Yeah, okay. Adrian was asked to to end his media session just how he uh, has reassessed uh, some of his prep work in the offseason. I would say uh, I'm just trying to work harder uh, physically, get myself um, in the shape I know I need to be in. And um, in addition to that, I'm trying to take each day um, and, and make the most out of it. Try and live in the present, try and make the most out of that practice and not kind of looking forward to two weeks, three weeks from now. Um, and if that means diving into practice tape more, um, working on my game as much as I can, really trying to do what the coaches are asking of me. And, and all of that just is around self-improvement, um, trying to become a better leader. Um, I think the little things are, are where I can become a lot better. It's Adrian Martinez, uh, Brandon Vogel, coming up. Plenty of Husker football to get uh, with. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! A lot of thoughts from uh, Luke McCaffrey coming up. Also an update on the Husker bubble. Who's coming to town? How about them Cowboys? Gary Barnett, Jay Moore next hour. Brandon Vogel's with us. Managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. And you find him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Read his book. Get his book. It's a nice week of weather in the state of Nebraska. Sit outside, flip through the pages, dream like a champion. With Brandon Vogel and John Cook, we say hi to Vogues. Vogues, how good was it to see uh, Mario Verduzco on a, in a on a Zoom call? Was that an ascot or a gator he was wearing? <laughs> Why not both when you're when you're Mario and you show up uh, and you're you're you're, you're full, go with the full sunglass look? Uh, it felt felt pretty good uh, to see Coach Verduzco. It's, it's felt good to to see all of those guys because uh, we we know what uh, this this regular availability I guess means uh, it means there'll be football at some point in the near future. But you know Mario Mario always brings a little bit extra, and that was certainly certainly true today. All that was missing was a, a cat on his lap for him to pet while while questions were <laughs> were hurled at him. Uh, he's awesome, man. It was good to hear from him, and there's a lot of topics to get into from. From young pups to uh, JUCO additions to to the quarterback, as we're two weeks out. But what's your gauge been? And Elijah and I started out with this. It just seems like Nebraska A has some quiet confidence. That's my read. But B, there's been an emphasis on you know what they want to let their their work on the field maybe be uh, be be their voice versus just the last two years of of some hype first year obviously the excitement about frost being back second year everyone's picking nebraska as a dark horse and a, and a dark horse heisman guy and adrian and, and it's tough to have that target on their back nebraska's learned some lessons and i don't think nebraska was boisterous i mean they, they've always been confident that said they're just kind of keeping their head down and, and working do you get that same feel yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I definitely think that they, they feel pretty good 
uh, you know, this is all reading between the lines. Mm-hmm. So your mileage may vary, uh, but it sounds like we're, we're on the same page here. You know, I, I think they feel pretty good about how this team has kind of come together and, and some of the intangible things that are pretty hard to talk about uh, when you don't have any games to, to kind of show your work. But I think they feel good about uh, just the team that has formed, you know, before, much less before you get into personnel, talent, um, all of that stuff. But you've definitely seen uh, on multiple occasions, uh, one last week, one this week, that I think Coach Frost has been especially careful when the question comes up, hey, how do you feel? Uh, how do you feel about these, uh, about your guys, everything that's gone on? He's been really careful to avoid saying, and you know, he even called it out explicitly saying, hey, you know, I, I don't want to say too much or I don't want to say that, yeah, we feel good just because they've, they've been burned. And, and a lot of that, I think, was due to last year. A lot of that is, is not Frost or, or really any football coach's fault. You know, it's pretty rare for a coach to go out and say, yeah, we're going to be great, and if we're not, something went massively wrong. But everyone got a little bit swept up, I think, in how Nebraska closed the 2018 season and what that could mean for 2019. So you definitely sense a little bit of hesitance this, this time around. Brandon, whenever you look at those those 2019 results, uh, do you think that the, the preseason expectations that were on the Huskers uh, got to a young team and the, the pressure got to them? And, and then along with that, uh, do you think that there will be less pressure on this team going into 2020? I, I think there, there is less pressure on the 2020 team. I don't know if uh, the pressure got to that 2019 group so, so much as they were just pretty young in some key spots, um, particularly on the offensive line. You know, that's kind of been one of the through lines, I think, for whatever we're calling this lead up to to a late October start. I guess it truly is fall camp because it's happening in fall now. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the the praise for, for that offensive line, and that offensive line should be good. You know, it's, it's an experienced group. Um, you, you knew that from the moment last season ended. And if you've got some young guys who are truly capable of, of beating out some guys that have played quite a bit of football, or at least making it close enough to where you're going to give a, a, a redshirt freshman the call, um, that says some good things. So if you can be strong up front, um, I, I, I kind of look to, to Nebraska with what they have returning. Uh, they were really heavy run last year. But I think if they're going to have some success and find some success in 2020, it's going to be as a ground-based team. And if everyone stays healthy, um, which is you know the thing you can never take for granted in football in general, uh, they got some really intriguing pieces to do that when you look at that offensive line as kind of the starting point. Brandon Vogels with his uh, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. So let's get into the uh, the the quarterbacks, and uh, you have Adrian, and you have Luke McCaffrey. What do you envision? And we we just don't know. We saw some glimpses of of Mac against Maryland and and against Iowa. You know what's 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 the best use of him? Say Adrian does win the job, but you don't want. Luke just standing there if you can use him, right? I mean, so what what do you do, Vogues? I, I mean, put on your OC headset, brother. I know you got one by you. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I've got one of those, those big gray uh, Ertl, Ertl headsets like Tom Osborne with the, the Dymo label on, on the well, side. Well, and, and, and it had the, the, uh, the stitching that said Osborne, that, that sticker, right, that said yep. Osborne on the side. <laughs> yep, yep. Just print one of those off every two or three seasons. It feels like the old one worn out. It, it becomes pretty tough. Like, I think there are ways, like, you can you can get uh, a second quarterback involved. Um, you know, I, Ole Miss came out at its first drive of the season a couple of weeks ago and, and had two quarterbacks and, and went up-tempo for a little bit, and they, they switched who would actually be taking the snap. By week two, it was kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> the quarterback that they chose is actually pretty good, so you'll just go with that. Um I think you can try that stuff if, if we assume, and, and this is where I'm at at this point. And you know, Coach Coach Lubick essentially said a week ago, you know, if, if we played today, Adrian Martinez guy, and that that doesn't come as a huge shock. I don't think anyone. Um, but I was really impressed with with Luke McCaffrey. I know we've we've had the chance as media to talk to him at times before, but I don't recall uh, one that was kind of this press conference setting you know it's a little bit strange to to put the backup quarterback up there if you if you feel you have a starter and he he handled himself really well which isn't a surprise um but he just i watched that and had to kind of like hold myself back to not make too much of it but i was like he seems like a really mature mature guy and if you got into a spot where he had to be your quarterback for a while um i don't think Anybody on that team is is too scared of that. Now, I, I don't think that's the the most likely scenario, but it's good to have that. Um, you know, for Adrian was asked directly about his kind of health and how he feels, but for me, that underscored you know both. It was it was short periods of time, thankfully, um, but he hasn't played a complete season yet. He's he's uh, injury luck has not been on his side. He's gotten nicked up a little bit, so. It's good that it wasn't more serious, but hasn't played all all twelve games. Can he go a full nine this time? Until you see him do it, that question's kind of going to always be out there. So McCaffrey provides a, a pretty good deal of security, I think, based on what we've seen so far, and just preparing him to be that person uh, is, is probably the greatest value overall for Nebraska this season. Brandon Vogel's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, I think we're expecting to see Luke McCaffrey on the field this season in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and there was some talk in the spring of him getting some reps at wide receiver, and obviously COVID has gone and ruined that, or at least changed that significantly. Uh, but do you think that there are still some opportunities for Luke to see the field at receiver? Or do you think we're specifically uh, and exclusively going to see him at quarterback uh, this upcoming season? Yeah, I think maybe a handful of plays where Nebraska gets – gets creative and, and may split him out. I mean, you think about, okay, if you put both guys back there um, and, and you motion one or the other out, like you can do some, some interesting things. It's, it's just not something I see as a, a long-term part of the offense, of course. Uh, and even, you know, back in the old days with Nebraska, it wouldn't have been that shocking um, to kind of give the, the second-string quarterback, particularly if it felt like the race was close, you know, to give them a series with the ones. That, that happened pretty often back in the option days. Now, in those days, Nebraska was often up 28-7 at the end of the first quarter, too, and that's going to be pretty tough to do with uh, where we last left the Huskers and just an all-conference all conference team schedule. So 
maybe there's a special package that is meant to highlight Luke. You know, we, we saw Nebraska very briefly, five plays only, do that with kind of the I formation and some of the flex bone stuff that they did. Um, so we know the coaching staff is at least willing to get go there um, or has at least once before. So I could see something like that. But really, I think you're just better off going, that's our guy, and everyone on the team knows why. So it's kind of everyone else fills in their roles from there. Vogue's a uh, couple minutes here. Let's go to outside linebackers, and we need uh, some guys to step up if you ask Dawson, uh, if you ask guys on that defense, how are you feeling about some of the tweaks and some of the the names you're hearing that, that may get looks at outside linebacker? I look at Payne because of his athleticism. Henrich also mentioned as I mean he's inside, but they, they could think about looking outside. That's that's not a, a rush on anything, but does that say okay more more the better or oh no they're they're still thin. I think it's I think it's a little bit of they're still thin or at least they're looking for the they're still looking for the right fit there and I think the second part of that is is pretty easy to say after after two seasons you know Coach Frost uh, really gave a pretty detailed position by position look uh, at, at his team uh, on his radio show this week and really uh, one of the things that jumped out to me about that was didn't didn't pull a ton of punches. Mm-hmm. But, when it came to the outside linebackers, straight out said our outside linebacker group underperformed last year. Um, now you've got most of those guys back. Uh, we know the usual suspects and, and Caleb Tanner, who everyone's still kind of waiting for things to fully click into place. Jojo Doman made some splash plays, um, but kind of gets in his own way at times. And then Garrett Nelson, a little bit in that same category, I guess, but you expect that out of a true freshman. In fact, he was able to play as much as he did. Um, he, he might be kind of the, the real wild card here in terms of elevating that level of play. But then you start to look to some of those those new guys. I, I'm really intrigued by, by Feldarius Payne as a as a potential fit there. Um, learning, you know, he kind of came in as a, a defensive lineman, but he's he's in that group where you could move him up or back. Moving him back, I think, might be a little bit better natural fit for his skill set, and then. A guy like Nico Cooper um, is, is kind of your other big new addition there. Um, both junior college guys, which uh, can can work out great at times. I feel like it feels like it's been a little bit though since Nebraska's truly had that that JUCO fit, where you're like, yes, we knew we had a direct need, we went out and directly addressed it, and it worked out perfectly. Um, that that's tough to do, um, but that's kind of where Nebraska's at at outside linebacker at the moment. Brandon Vogel, Vogel, thanks for a few minutes today, bud. All right, thanks a lot, guys. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. More to get to from the Husker Media session. Luke McCaffrey, thoughts on leadership, where he's at. Super Mario Verdusco, we'll hear from him. Gary Barnett's 20 minutes away. Jay Moore, great stuff from Brandon Vogel. Now, an update, and Elijah Herbal wins the, uh, we're going to give you the big teddy bear, because you said, hey, how about Oklahoma State coming to town for basketball with a little Donovan Williams, and Okie State will participate in the Elevate Hoops CBB, uh, which is nice. This being reported by Jeff Borzillo. Uh, so you have that that Nebraska bubble that will be going on November 29th through the 2nd. 
and um, it's got Oklahoma State, Illinois State, Nevada. Uh, Mar- uh, Coach Alford uh, is uh, at Nevada now. Cleveland State, Raleigh Massimino, no longer there, but that's where he ended after his time at Villanova. And LSU, right? So you got a, 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 it's not a real close team, but I'll take me some Bayou Bengals here, which uh, you got to love that that setup uh, with uh, Northern Iowa, Nevada, and Oklahoma State. And you got your Big 12 team there and uh, LSU. So some quality Power Five and some potentially nice group of five squads. Yeah, and it sounds like there's some real momentum to get this to an actual full 16-team lineup, Mm -hmm. which would be awesome. But Oklahoma State is a team that could be a dark horse in the Big 12 this year with Cade Cunningham. Are they still, like, banned from postseason? Uh, I think so. Yeah, It's it's a one-year ban, right? How's that appeal going is my question. I have no idea. I don't follow Oklahoma State that much. No, no, I'm just saying it, it sucks because you got... Cunningham, <laughs> likely your number one pick overall in the NBA draft, or at least a top three guy. You've got Donovan that's coming back home. I mean, this is going to be early season, so we're going to get to see these young guys for the Oklahoma State team kind of gel at the tournament that's going to be in Lincoln, uh, and especially just with the talent of that roster. I, I think they're my the number one team I'm watching, and even if there are more teams added, I'm su- going to be surprised if anyone else surpasses Oklahoma State in terms of most intriguing teams in the field. Yeah. Uh, Let's get into some more Nebraska football thoughts here. When we talk concerns about Nebraska, you know, what what are your concerns for Nebraska? And and Vogue's hit on it before we ended the segment is, is that outside linebacker spot? What do you get from JoJo? What do you get from Tanner? Uh, What do you get from, from Garrett Nelson? Do you get much production from, from guys you hope? can come in and hit the ground running with Juco backgrounds and a Nico Cooper in a, in a pain. I mean, there are bodies there. It's too bad that, that Buddha Wright is, is dinged up with, with injury. So uh, can, can Nebraska have a guy set the edge, get after the quarterback, make splash plays, not be a liability in coverage? We've all seen three fours work. And when they work, they're beautiful, Right. Uh, but you got to have the personnel, and and I think Nebraska has some really talented guys. We we've seen moments early in the Colorado game a year ago. JoJo making big time splash plays. Him and Gifford, of, of course, at that outside backer spot. Can you get some production? And can you hit on a couple of JUCO kids to come in, understand what they're doing, play fast, play free, and be difference makers? Wide receiver. I mean, you had the injury to, to Cade last year that was problematic, right? There's a security and a, and a rhythm in a relationship when you have a receiver that's that's go-to and sure-handed. Warner was that for Adrian his first year. You've got Wandale that's money, but who else can step up? And you did not have that again with some Juco stuff last year. What you have this year is uh, some guys that have been in the program, uh, you're going to have a Warner back that he needs to stay healthy. You've got Wandale, but also the the Omar Manning uh, addition is nice, uh, and and uh, some of the recruits you brought in that you think can can hit the ground running too uh, that that are really nice. But where do they? What do they do from the practice field to to game day at Big Ten level? Which you've not had either. I mean, think about some of the, the, the playmakers you've had at receiver over the last 10, 15 years at Nebraska. Nate Swift, right, was big time. Uh, Peterson, uh, a Mo Purify, uh, Zoe, 
uh, Riley, DPE, and of course, Westy, right? I mean, you've had some kick-ass wide receivers here at Nebraska, and you've had some receiver rooms better than others, okay? Uh, Do you have receivers who can go up and make plays and and help your quarterback out, go out at the athlete, the, uh, the opposing team's coverage or defensive back? There's a lot of room for fun and letting it fling around in this offense. And I think of the, the wideout Central Florida had, right, when they went undefeated. The guys are on, playing on Sundays. Nebraska's got some Sunday guys, right? Uh, we, we think on paper, body type, speed, size, athleticism, can they, can they get up to speed? And I think Lubick will, will do a great job of that, but it's, it's, still, a, it's still a process. Yeah, uh, you said it right with the, the Sunday guys that are on this roster just by body type. I mean, Omar Manning frosted himself early this summer that he's never coached a guy mm-hmm. that has a body type like Omar before. And then I look at Wandale Robinson, too, a little undersized, but that's kind of the direction the NFL's moving is undersized is all right in the NFL now. And with his speed, uh, if he can improve the route running just a little bit, looks like a Sunday guy as well. Well, just just think of, the, I mean, think of what you had uh, with the tight end group that people are high on this year. And if you can get a, a number one receiver like a Stanley and think of the success J.D. had in, in year one, when you got two guys plus some tight end work and a guy, again, this is back to 18, but a weapon like Mo, not dissimilar to, to Wandale, where he can run it, he can catch it, and he can just hose you in space. A lot to do in this offense. Uh, let's talk about Luke McCaffrey because you saw a lot of him at wide receiver last year. You saw some of him at quarterback. And, uh, you know, Luke's a, a guy that folks are excited for. And, uh, you know, when it comes to his areas of focus, uh, there are a lot of things he focused on this offseason. Luke McCaffrey sat down with the media today. There's a lot of uh, a lot of areas that we're trying to improve throughout this offseason. It's been a funky one, but we've been able to uh, really hone in on the details. It's fun now because we get to work on the application of those details and working those in, in in game scenarios and different type of practice scenarios. And so, definitely the application of details along with situation and contingency of offense. Just knowing how much time's left, where uh, where we should be able to manage the clock, and and how we can run efficiently. That's so big, right? I mean, you got a handful of games that Nebraska fans can recite. End of game situation. In tight, Nebraska's played a lot of tight ball games, and a lot of them have not gone Nebraska's way. Some have, some haven't. But can you be better end of game? Whether you're on defense or for sure you got the ball last, can you go make a play and get the lead versus having a, a you know back-to-back years where Iowa drives, makes a couple of third down or a fourth down play, and then they bang you with a field goal. Uh, that's, that's a point of emphasis, topic of uh, camaraderie, and uh, just that, that uh, relationship. Adrian, Luke McCaffrey, and some thoughts here from Luke on you know, what Adrian's done for him as they've kind of bonded. Uh, we, we learn a lot from each other. You know, I, I'm so thankful to have a guy like him, a leader like him, who's ahead of me that, that I can look up to. And, and since the first day I've been on campus, he's welcomed me with open arms and kind of shown me the, the way of the road here. And so just the, the welcoming in and the constant process of us, us working together and figuring out different ways that we can help make this offense as efficient as possible. And so, so I'm very thankful for him and for the rest of our team for all of those. 
And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, we'll hear from Gary Barnett. Thoughts on the Nebraska quarterback situation from Barney. Ten minutes away, Jay Moore away in on the defense. Pressure and expectations uh, for guys at positions uh, of need and interest. So Blackshirt Jay in the 5 o'clock hour, 466-377-6800, Reminder about buckling up. There's over 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver. Driving drunk, buzzed, or high is never acceptable. Law enforcement officers are out working every day to stop it before any more people are killed or injured. If you're going to drive, don't drink. And if you do drink, designate a sober driver or get a ride share situation nailed down. Get a ride. A DUI costs more than you think. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So we have some news on college football. Baylor Athletics has suspended all football-related activities to allow to allow for further evaluation of recent positive tests and uh, completion of close contact tracing. The Tennessee Titans have been informed about uh, rules prior to players' informal workouts. You've got a group of Titans that uh, ended up working out at a high school. Uh, they contracted COVID there, and... They may get smacked with a forfeit versus a reschedule because they went outside the instructions. We should say allegedly, but they definitely did that. Did you see what... Uh, I, I should say allegedly? Yeah, because it's, it's not confirmed yet, and the NFL hasn't completed their investigation, but... I've done my own confirmation. I mean, did you see what... I think it was A.J. Brown, what he tweeted in response to the picture where he said... Uh, you can't prove that's us. I plead, <laughs> he said, I plead the fifth, which is the guiltiest thing I've ever heard. And I wish not to incriminate myself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't at the high school with them, but um, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Th- yeah. Th- that, that was definitely them. But here's the thing. Okay. And, and it's not like they're out clubbing. I, I would get ticked off if guys, and you look at Cam, right? Cam went out to dinner. With, allegedly, right with his with his buddy that's also breathing heavy on on Mahomes the other night. Uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore, thank you. Right. And if you go out to dinner, you can still do that and do it safely. All right, because it's it's happening. But when I'm I'm looking at Tennessee, and you've got guys, you got to keep your strength up. You're you're supposed to lift and work out. They went to a high school. It's not like they went to a gym. I mean, like a 24-hour fitness deal. They weren't allowed in the facility. What are they supposed to do? Just stay home and then go get rolled without doing any weight training or working out? You know this as well as anybody, Elijah. Within the season, not only are you doing practice in school, but you're having to jerk with keeping your strength training up. I mean, you can't gear up and, and sell out and get huge for the season and not maintain it. And also, when you look at these guys, I mean, when you play on Sunday, Monday's a rest day, Tuesday's a film day and a light walkthrough day, and you're getting really two days of practice. Hmm. That's so, why you're professional. I, I mean, but every still, minute it's still counts. not easy. So there's no right answer. I mean, they're still going to get the book thrown at them. But, yeah. They're going to probably forfeit a game. They're probably going to lose some draft picks. Because the NFL's threatened that. Yeah, but I guess I would look at different shades of 
violation. Why Why are you in violation? Oh, you wanted to go lift so you could be better on Sunday? Gary Barnett's coming up. Hour two's on the way. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's bring in the coach, Gary Barnett, joins us. Coach, you're about to tee it off. Where are we playing today? Uh, we're at uh, Boulder Country Club. I'm playing with Bob Church. So, uh, we we play a lot together and beat each other up. So, anyway, we're it's uh, it's a good day. Nice day here in Boulder. We, uh, we have uh, summer-like temps uh, here in eastern Nebraska, and that's the plan this weekend uh, to watch the college football and, and swing the club. So uh, hit them far and straight and make your putts. I know you will. Um, uh, Nebraska uh, got a chance to meet with the media today and, and quarterbacks coach Mario Verdusco and Scott Frost was uh, speaking a little bit last night. And, and of course, Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, a, a a bad thing to have depth at quarterback, and this year's an, an odd year, Coach, because everyone's eligibility is on pause. But you've seen a little bit of Adrian. You know the McCaffrey family from your neck of the woods well, and uh, you spent a lot of time tutoring quarterbacks. And, and Adrian's pretty uh, matter of fact today, saying, you know, whatever the coaches decide is what we'll do. So. Uh, positive comments there from Adrian Martinez. But, you know, talk to me a little bit here about how, how you handle quarterback competitions when, you, when you've had to deal with uh, a, a guy, an incumbent, that has had a really good year and also had a tough year last year, but also an, an injured year. How do, you, uh, how do you view that lens as not only a head coach but a, but a quarterback guy? Well, I, I think, first of all, you've got you to gotta, uh, – uh, almost um, not think about the past. You can't, you, you know, you, you can't say, can't look back and say you had a tough year, and uh, and and any more than you can look back and say you had a great year the year before that. I think it, it starts all new. Uh, it, it's the only way it can happen if you're going to give both guys an equal chance. And I think quarterback, coach, uh, head coach, you've got to see it the same way. And then I think you rely on your staff as well. I mean, sometimes. We, we wear rose-colored glasses, and we see, see things differently. And so I would always rely on what my staff saw, and not just me as a quarterback coach or uh, as a head coach. And I think that's the only fair way to go about it. Um, but, you know, it's uh, – and it's one of those things, sometimes the players know. The players have a feeling, you know, and you've got to keep your ears open. Uh, you don't necessarily have to ask them, but you've got to keep your ears open as to um, you know what your team feels too, because it, that all figures in. You know, when many times in these situations you come down and you can't make a choice, there isn't a clear choice. Both guys deserve to play, and you play them, and then everybody gets upset. And you played them both, but that's the way. That's what's fair to the kids, and sometimes you have to do that. I don't know whether that's the way it's going to be here, but I certainly think that sometimes that's the fair way to go about it. You mentioned you got to keep your ears open. <laughs> How long do you stick with a guy who 
may struggle, but you're thinking if you give him one more chance, one more drive, maybe that's the, the turning point where he snaps out of it. And I know Adrian's had, had some injury history uh, prior to college, but also, you know, he's, had, he's been dinged the last couple of years here at Nebraska, too. And everyone, you know, loves the backup quarterback, and Luke's McCaffrey's fantastic. You got a really small but nice sample size of him. How about that decision to stick with a guy even though he's struggling and the rest of the world's clamoring for, for the bullpen? Well, it just goes down to your gut feeling in that situation. Um, you know, it's, it's, you got to apply the golden rule. And uh, I think that, that, that answers most of your questions. And, and so uh, if it means you got to give him another drive and you think you hope it might snap him out of it, you do it, and, and then that's it. But, um, you know, you've got to think about how, how you want your son treated and how you would want to be treated in that situation. And that's what you go with. I look at what Florida did where they had Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, and Tebow was a freshman, and he was kind of the, the red zone bulldozer, right, where he could either run it in or the, uh, the, the old jump pass, right, to the tight end. Does that screw up an offense, or is it just stress a defense defense that much more, maybe having some red zone opportunity for a guy as athletic as McCaffrey? You know, uh, this pandemic shows you how adjustable and uh, how people can adapt quickly. So I I don't think sometimes we give the kids enough credit that they can can adopt adapt to either one of those they can adapt to just one guy they can adapt to two they can adapt to a goal line quarterback and they can adapt you know and one that doesn't so uh, i think it's it's what you and your staff decide is best and then you go with it you don't worry about anything else but the kids will adjust for the most part and you know and it, just, it really violates them or it really causes them problems they're gonna let you know mm-hmm. but uh you know kids can adjust much easier than we think they can Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, the coach, Colorado and Northwestern. They're talking uh, Nebraska, some quarterbacks. And I look at uh, the skill set with Luke McCaffrey, uh, the way he can run, the way he can throw. And uh, by all accounts, I mean, the pandemic's been hard on on a lot of teams trying to get chemistry and camaraderie with uh, the receiving core. But, Coach, I think you're right on the money with, you know, the staff, uh, and uh, some of the folks Coach Frost has familiarity with, not only on the field, but, but in that, uh, that, that coach's staff room as well that he can lean on and bounce things off of and then, and then make a call. It's a nice problem to have, to have a healthy Adrian Martinez trying to, to cement that job that, you know what, it's mine. It's also nice to have options like a Luke McCaffrey and, and also a Logan Smothers. In today's era of quarterback transfer, um, you want as much time with kids as possible. That said, uh, you, you, you recruit well, uh, sometimes too well in the world of college football at quarterbacks. How would you handle this paused eligibility uh, in 2020? Oh, Chris, um, I, you know, I don't think you let it bother you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's looking too far down the road. I think you've got to you know, play out the season, and when, and when things start to show – what, how it's going to go. If, you, if you're going really well, then you know what? It, it, you don't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. If things start to get tough, then, uh, then you probably do have to start having a strategy. But I don't think you have to have a strategy right now. I think there's too many other things to think about. And I think that's for, that's for six weeks down the road. 
Coach, uh, a thought here. You uh, you watch a lot of Big 12 ball. You know, as you uh, assess Oklahoma, I really like their quarterback. He's put up enough points to win uh, a couple of games. It's OU Texas this weekend. Texas is reeling a bit as well. Duggan's a kid from uh, the region that has done well for TCU. What, what do you circle about Oklahoma? Why is their defense not just this year, but in a lot of years, it's it's been kind of their Achilles heel. And how do you fix that? I know that's a million-dollar question down in Norman. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, you can't say them recruited well. You know, I think sometimes the schemes, and I know that's what an old-school coach would tell you, which is sort of what I am, but uh, <laughs> an old-school coach would probably tell you, you know, you just can't prepare for the run game when – when you're running what they do on offense, because that's all the off, that's all the defense sees in spring ball, which they didn't have. It's all at season preseason camp, which isn't much, but that's what they see. I, I think that's a little bit of an issue, um, but uh, you know they're they're just the whole conference seems to be that way, and it's um, you know TCU is the only one that's been able to play some defense. I think right now. Um, Okie State and Kansas State are playing good defense. Now, you know, I tell you, I was, I was impressed with Iowa State last week mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, I don't know if it's all that bad, uh, but they certainly have offensive skill. And right now it looks like they have to outscore everybody. I, I actually like Texas in this game because I, I like the um, experience of Ellinger and I like the fact Texas plays better when they're underdogs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's too bad there's not a crowd. That's one of the great venues in college football. Never been to that one. That's a bucket list ball game to check out. This would have been the year, except for the oh yeah, there's no crowd thing uh, <laughs> going on down at the, uh, the, the the state fair. No fair either. I'm uh, going to switch gears and do some uh, some ball games here. Uh, I got a kick out of out of Lane Kiffin ribbing Coach Saban a little bit, and Coach Saban didn't really respond. But there was a little smirk to to Nick uh, behind the podium the other day. Bama's. Uh, favored by 24. Ole Miss has had success, not recently, against Alabama, but there's familiarity for sure between Kiffin and Bama. Does Bama continue to steamroll? I like Ole Miss and their offense. I mean, Lane's got some weapons down there. They put up plenty of points. Yeah, they do. Uh, But Alabama's got a great defense. And, you know, I think in the end, I don't know, 24 might be too much. You know, Saban isn't a guy necessarily who runs it up on you. Uh, And even though he and he and Lane go at each other a little bit. He's got to have a lot of respect for him. Sure. So I, I, I think 24 is about right, but uh, uh, I, I think the defense is um, it, it's just too good. What do you make of the Pirate and uh, Mississippi State kind of shocking the world down at LSU and then losing to Arkansas? Now they, they take on Kentucky, and Kentucky's hurting for a win right now. Yeah, Kentucky's a good defensive team. I, I'll tell you, the uh, – Arkansas scheme was really good. It was good to see the, the old Missouri coach go there and uh, uh, be able to, to do that to the Pirates. But I think K.J. Costello is just so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he can have those days like he had, uh, and then he can turn around and just be awful. And he was sort of that way last week. I think he's always been that way, and I think that's probably what got him beat out. Well, I'll tell you what, he uh, he has gotten uh, a lot of completions and a lot of yards and a lot of touchdown passes, but there's there's been a couple pick sixes in there, too. I mean, momentum yeah. 
changing yep. pick sixes. Uh, Tennessee and Georgia, and uh, kind of waiting on the uh, you know someone to emerge. There, there's really nice teams in the SEC East. Can anyone from the SEC East really? scare Alabama this year, but uh, Georgia's minus 12. A couple of, of Saban disciples go at it here this weekend. Yeah, I think Tennessee's a really good team, uh, but Georgia's defense is so good. But Tennessee played nearly a perfect game last week against Missouri, and uh, no interceptions. They're, they're moving the ball. They're, they're playing decent defense. And I think Georgia's got, you know, they got this sort of folk hero in Stetson at quarterback, mm-hmm. and they're they're feeling it, and I think that defense is, is really as good as there has been around in college football. And so I think probably Georgia wins this game, especially Georgia. Uh, but uh, Tennessee's a good team, uh, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're maybe one of the top five teams now in the league, and they've done a good job of building that team. A couple more minutes. Gary Barnett's with us. We're doing some rapid-fire thoughts this weekend. Hail Varsity Radio. Florida at A&M. Gators are favored on the road at Kyle Field. Uh, Florida's got a stud tight end. They've got a quarterback. Defense has not been as strong as past years. And Jimbo and company, he's securing his gig. But uh, folks want to see them compete against a a have. And Florida's a a highly ranked team. What happens down there in Aggieland? Well, I, it was six and a half when I saw the spread. Yeah. I can't. I couldn't believe that. You know, I, <laughs> I think that Florida is much better than A and M. I mean, I don't know where A and M has even earned the credit that they have, but I think Florida's a much better team. I, I see them more than more than that. So Florida, easy, a cover and a win on the road outright. Uh, yeah. How about North Carolina? Your old buddy Mac taking on Virginia Tech. That's at minus five. You know. Chris, I haven't watched either one of those teams, and uh, I, I don't know how to pick that game. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, I haven't seen enough of either one of them to be able to have a feel for them. So, uh, I, you know, I'm going to let you choose that one. Oh, well, I'm going to go with Mac and Carolina at home. Okay. I like, All right. I like, I'm with you. I like Carolina's quarterback. Uh, Coach, last thought here. Uh, you have a situation with, with Clemson where – they they get somebody that there's some hype around. The U comes in, Miami, Clemson's minus 14. That's dropped a little bit. And, you know, Miami circled this game, but, but so is Clemson. And uh, are you buying into Miami? Their, their quarterback's awful mobile, and that could help out against that Clemson pass rush. Yeah, I'm buying Miami. I, I, I've seen them play three times or two times for sure, and, uh, I, I like that football team. They're mm-hmm. good defensively. I don't know how good Clemson is. I think they're good. I think they're really good. So I, I can't wait to watch this game. Uh, I think 14 is just about right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Clemson wins by more than 14 if they're, they're legitimately one or two. Uh, if they don't, then, then I, you know, they're, they're, they're not deserving mm-hmm. of that kind of that highest status, I think, in the rankings. All right, the uh, Battle of Purple, Kansas State at TCU. Eight and a half TCU is, is favorite. This will be a whale of a ball game. Hey, listen, both of these are good football teams, and you're right, it'll be a whale of a ball game. Uh, I, I tell you what, Kansas State's got it. You know, they just, they've got great chemistry, and they're hard to beat. Uh, Dugan, though, for TCU is the difference maker now that they have. I, I, I think eight's too many. Mm. But I think TCU wins. Okay. Gary Barnett, coach, have a great weekend. Hit him far and straight. Thanks for a few minutes. 
All right, Chris. Thanks, bud. Good to talk with Barney. Barney was just getting set to tee off. He told you the old uh, Boulder Country Club. Love talking with him. Love going through some rapid picks. Uh, Danny Burke will be with us tomorrow with uh, Burke's Best Bets. Pride of Chicago will join us. So we'll get some NFL. Of course, Bears tonight with Tom Brady invading Soldier Field. So uh, line right now is minus three Tampa. So watch a little Sue and Levante tonight. See if uh, Gronk can get in the end zone for some of his fantasy owners. Uh, we'll hear from Jay Moore. Thoughts on the defensive line. That's next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, an NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Blackshirt, Husker, NFLer, and the host of the More To It podcast, Jay Moore, at Moore 44 on Twitter. You also see him on Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay Bird, you're enjoying a little sunshine. You ready for some football, man, just two weeks away? I am ready for football. It's uh, just talking about it, you know, this doesn't almost seem real yet. We got it because it's, you know, we've watched everyone else start to play, but, <laughs> you know, you almost got to, like, pinch yourself and say, hey, it's we got football in, in two weeks, and we'll do our first uh, big wrap-up, you know, the Tuesday of, of game week, so that'll be great. Get some more football breakdown stuff and, and looking into games and post-game reactions on my podcast. So it, things are things are heating up, which is, uh, which is which is definitely a good thing. You can catch Jay's podcast, different platforms, HaleVarsity.com for sure, the More To It podcast. Jay, I really enjoyed hearing from Ty Robinson. We ran some of his audio yesterday and got a bit of a cup of coffee. You remember that during your career as a longtime starter at Nebraska and a standout performer, all Big 12. What what are your expectations for the D-line? And what, what's, what's a fair jump? For some of these guys that have been around, like a Stilly, but also some young pups like a Robinson, that what we saw looked pretty good. These guys have to find consistency. I mean, playing a few games, playing a few snaps here and there, that's, that's one thing. Um, all of a sudden, you're called to do it, you know, 30 to 40 times a game um, and just being all mentally there and mentally prepared for you know, every snap, every you know, scheme that you see, make sure the game isn't moving too fast, controlling your breathing. I mean, that's just the biggest thing, too, is you get out there and you get so hyped up and you, you know, things start moving pretty quick and all of a sudden you're like, why am I so tired? It's only been a few plays. You gotta get, kind of got to get used to that as, as a young kid and um, a new guy playing. It's hard. Finally, this year, the strength of the offense is the, uh, is the offensive line. This year, the, this, the weakness of the defense might be the, the defensive line. Just because you, lo- you lose three really good players that are on NFL, ro- or, you know, are in camps or in NFL camps and are playing right now on in Sundays, um, it's tough. So, yeah, obviously, you guys have, you have like Ben Stilley, then you have, um, you know, you have Damian Daniels, and you have, you know, a guy like Casey Rogers who's been around. You have a guy like Ty Robinson that has shown flashes. You have like Team Green who, who's going to step up and play. You have some. Um, you know, some other Jupa guy that's uh, names are slipping me right now. You just haven't seen them. You know, we didn't, they didn't get a chance to go through spring ball. We didn't get a chance to see him in, in a spring game. So um, it's tough to totally judge, but it's going to be really interesting early on, especially when you're playing, you know, one of the most dynamic offenses your very first game at, at Ohio State. So they got it. I think they're definitely uh, uphill a little bit, but you know, this is, this is the third year these guys have been in the system, so they, they have a good grasp of what, what they need to do, what they need to know, um, how it's been taught, how it's been explained, so that should definitely help. But again, it's just, it's, there's going to be some growing pains, I think, with this group, just because you don't have, you only have a couple guys that have played some significant snaps, and all these other guys haven't done it, so 
Um, I think you'll see some growing pains, but I, I, you know, this is a fairly mature group, so you'd like to think they should be able to, you know, be brought up and be brought along up to speed, uh, you know, rather quickly. Jay Moore's with us, Blackshirt Husker, NFL, or Hale Varsity Radio. Jay, uh, I want to go to the quarterbacks, and Adrian and, and Luke both spoke today along with Super Mario, the quarterback coach. And uh, I know he had the, the, the Gator thing going, but it looked like an ascot. I mean, he was straight out of Bond villain. He looked pretty pretty cool sitting there on the Zoom. Right. Uh, I, I thought with, you know, what do you do? What's what's doable? It's a luxury, right, to have a guy like Adrian. You've, you've seen what he can do at a high level. We've also seen what, what McCaffrey has flashed as well. And, how much do you use them on the on the field at the same time? You don't want one guy gathering dust if you can help the offense, but you're supposed to be better at receiver this year, right, with some new names if they can pick things up. And uh, what do you envision with, with this quarterback dynamic? And just to, to end this question, you know, what's that, what's that fine line like? You got to be a great teammate, but you also don't want to lose your job. I mean, competition will make things better, but – it can also cause some pressure. Yeah, no, pressure's good. Um, I listen. Uh, this, this easily, this could be Adrian's best year because you know, freshman year plays doesn't have you know expectations aren't completely there, and he's just out there kind of you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and and just kind of doing his best, and then all of a sudden he you know you know he gets all the praise and you know and kind of fat and happy a little bit you know to you know everyone's. Potential Heisman winner, blah 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 blah. You know, you know, offensive struggles. He gets dinged up. Um, didn't really have to worry about a, a freshman coming in pushing him at quarterback. Um, now that's not the case. You know, he's. I think you know he's been humbled a little bit. Um, you have you have um, Luke McCaffrey, who's shown he's more than capable of playing that role. Um, and it is. It just definitely is a luxury. But it's, he, you have to. I think that's what makes you know. The Alabamas and the LSU's and the Clemson's and you know and Nebraska in the '90s. I mean, you had depth, and if you know you didn't you didn't live up to your expectations or what or what was you know being told to you you know Monday through Friday, you weren't going to be playing on Saturday. That guy was going to come, you know, who that backup was was going to come right behind you and play and take your spot. And most athletes have you know egos and they're competitive and they want to make sure that's not going to happen. Um, and doesn't you know? It's not about being a good teammate. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you know, your your best friends can challenge you um, the most. And sometimes, maybe you don't even like the guy, but you can still respect him. And then that makes you want to perform better because you I mean you don't care for a person. You sure as hell don't want him taking your job first and foremost. So um, you know, it's 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 an interesting dynamic. But I think it's it's I think it's gonna be the best for Adrian to push him and have Luke being there. I know, obviously. From his family background, they're all competitive, and then you you can you can have a guy like you, Luke. You can utilize him in many different ways and packages, and you know just put him on the field. You know, as a decoy situation. Obviously, you see uh, two quarterbacks in the field. That's obviously going to alert the defense to 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 some sort, and you know and then you can start playing a little mind games here and there, show some stuff. You know, put Luke in motion here and there, and you know obviously he can he can run it, and then he can obviously throw it. We've seen him. You know, come in motion and make some throws and make some really good throws. So you can you can utilize however you want. It's, it's definitely a luxury. And uh, listen, I mean, I, the competition is is the best. That's 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 what you want. 
Um, let's be honest, that's probably, I mean, T. Frazier was a, was a phenomenal talent and competitor, but don't think he wasn't worried about Brooke, you know, coming there and, and taking his job. And that's what happened, you know, that probably helped him become one of the best quarterbacks in college football history. So it's, it's a great thing. And we Nebraska really hasn't had it in a while. You know, you look back at all the starting, starting quarterbacks from, from Riley or from Bo's era and Riley's era. I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot of people pushing Taylor and, and Tommy Armstrong and, um, and, and so on and so forth. So this is, this is a very good situation for Nebraska football. Jay Moore's with us. Hail Varsity Radio at Jay Moore 44. Jay, get you out of here on this uh, thought on Bill O'Brien and the, the, the reporting has been that, that there was a blow up between him and J.J. Watt. You know, J.J. kind of went high road and, and was respectful in speaking. Uh, what, what little he did about Bill O'Brien. Same with Deshaun Watkins. Those are the two leaders on that Texans team. And uh, th- those guys w- w- would have helped make the decision or at least probably asked about it. I think Bill O'Brien's a hell of a coach. I know that hasn't shown this year uh, in, in Houston. He also had the GM hat on, and there were a lot of moves that were questioned does he still get a look in the NFL? Uh, I know he had a blow up early in his career with with Brady. I remember that scene on the sideline. Does he go back to college because of how successful and obviously one of the worst situations at Penn State? What's your take on what happened down in Houston? Yeah, very very strange. I mean, this is a guy who you know is they almost beat the the Chiefs. I mean, they were they were kicking the crap out of the Chiefs last year in the playoffs and. They win that game, and you know, and who knows what could happen? They could have been easily um, playing the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just—it's funny in that business. Um, things can happen so quickly. It's—I mean, the the egos and the people that are involved in there. You can—they just don't have the patience for it, or even just the—I'm uh, you know trying to think of a, of a better phrase or a term, but just the the guts to kind of deal with. Something. I think Bill's a guy that calls it how he sees it. And sometimes in that business, a lot of people sugarcoat stuff and they, 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 they want to say things that, you know, what, that people want to hear and instead of things that they need to hear. And a lot of people in that business don't like that because, hey, I'm in the NFL. Hey, I've done this. Hey, I've been a part of that. So you can't tell me anything. Um, and if you do, you're out of here. So that's just that's not a team you want to work for. And, yeah, I mean, let's be honest that – the whole DeAndre Hopkins trade situation, that wasn't a great look. I mean, you start you start 0-4. Um, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in uh, Deshaun Watson, and it's just it's, – it's a very strange – but he's going to get – he's such a good football coach. He's going to get an, another look, whether it's in the NFL or whether it's in, in college. I would think he'd probably want to stay in the NFL. Um, I think once you kind of are there and you kind of get a taste of it, it's, it's kind of hard to – Back backtrack. Um, although Nick Saban's sure. <laughs> proven proven otherwise, but um, I think I think he's gonna he's gonna land on his his feet. I mean, you probably won't see him do much for the rest of the year. He'll 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 take that Texans money that um, he still owed and and uh, sit on it for a little bit, and then see what's the best situation for him. He has, he can't really trade on a huge rush, but there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for him. Um, I mean, hell, it's like on average it's like. Two to two NFL coaches are, are canned every year, so um, and he's one of the best guys to do it. I mean, maybe the GM thing isn't in the right situation for him, um, but he's only on his feet. That's he's too good a football coach not to find another job. Um, 
either you know next year or hell even this year. About thirty seconds here, but with JJ Watt, I don't know JJ at all. Uh, he seems pretty normal or down to earth or blue collar. Uh, that that said, you probably experienced just being in locker rooms how star players are treated typically not only by ownership but you got to kind of tiptoe in some cases don't you around those guys yeah you do i mean yeah you 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 have to pick your battles and you know which battles you can you can take on and which is which ones you gotta you know get out of or Finesse. or how you gotta handle yourself <laughs> yeah yeah so it's 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 strange i mean jj's been there you know it's whole career he's been a leader he's played really really good football um and it's it's a it's just it's that's a tough situation because you want to be able to speak your mind and and do things but i'm guessing he wasn't trying to get a guy fired by any means mm-hmm. but um you know sometimes things you know that's the way the cookie crumbles and he's he's a very respected i mean he's one of the best guys to play you know three technique five technique i mean he can play every position across the board in the nfl um, so he's he's definitely earned a spot to speak his mind, but again, yeah, it's it's tough to uh, it's 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 a tricky it's, that business is very very tricky depending on what organization you're in and how you know the the you know the water falls from the top. So um, it must be kind of a messy situation down there in Houston. Jay Moore, Bird, have a good uh, weekend, brother. We'll talk soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, buddy. Chime in 402. 402- 466-ESPN or email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Funny that a Thursday it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Good stuff from Jay Moore, Gary Barnett and plenty of uh, Nebraska reaction with Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez the first couple hours. Brandon Vogel was with us a little more than an hour and a half ago. Dan tweets in that he's putting money down that uh, Bill O'Brien ends up on Saban's staff as a analyst. Hmm. I think Bill O'Brien could go kill it in college. I'd put money out now that USC's looking to hire, but I'd hire him in a second. I Just because of how great he did at Penn State, I think he'll get another crack at the NFL. That's what I'm thinking. Because he's won. I mean, he he built that Texans program before demolishing himself, but... I have a hard... There's always that power struggle with Mm -hmm. GMs and the old Bill Parcells. If you're going to cook the dinner, you got to be able to buy the groceries. And I believe that. And I think Bill O'Brien... Jay nailed it. That he's kind of a no-nonsense, no BS. And I'd like more context to the, the, uh, the verbal blow up between him and Watt. I mean, Watt's played in... He's missed 32 games the last couple, three, four years. Now, peak J.J. Watt's insane, where he's a three or five technique that's getting 80 tackles a season in between 17 and 20 sacks. But he's he's not that anymore, and there's no clowny. And and I, I think with, with Hopkins and... I mean, I don't dislike David Johnson. I think he's good, and he's he's back to healthy David Johnson. But if I'm Watson, it, it's to me, it's a minor miracle that they got him to as long of as an extension as they did. And Watson was complimentary, and Watt was like not you know kicking dirt on his grave at all. He's just like, look, dude, it wasn't working, and 
I, I think they lost the, the he lost the team after the Pittsburgh loss because he he got in JJ's face. That's how I'm looking at it. And I just think he set the team up for failure whenever he traded away his best player. That, yeah. that that's my look on it. And I, I saw this tweet earlier this week, which I laughed at, and it said. Uh, Bill Belichick's legacy has only been solidified to me by how bad his coaching tree has been because that man won a Super Bowl with Matt Patricia and uh, Bill O'Brien on his staff. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they're bad. It was. Just, it was just a, th- a thing of the moment. Of let's sure. Let, sure. Let, let's take a dump on Bill O'Brien. But. Sure. No, I know. <laughs> well put. That's Elijah Herbal. <laughs> uh, let's talk leadership. And you know what type of leader are you? A uh, question was posed to Luke McCaffrey. We'll hear from Luke before we get into Mario Verduzco. Oh, there's a lot of qualities that make a good leader. I, I think there's some leaders who, who are great by example. There's some who are very vocal and outgoing. And at the end of the day, a leader has two jobs. They, they have the job to accomplish the mission, and they have the job to rally the troops around you. That's something when the program comes in every year, they really hone in on those ideas. And so any way that somebody can get those two missions done is is how how we can be a leader and so it's it's different in every moment so i don't, I don't know if that's something that can be narrowed down to somebody specific you know well thought out by luke mccaffrey a little bit more on on the leadership topic from luke mccaffrey before we get to mario but uh you know your actions will get teammates to buy in okay are you are you going to go perform are you reliable? Are you trustworthy? Are you doing everything to make yourself better more from, from Luke McCaffrey? Uh, one, of the, one of the major things is to do your job and, and not try and do more than that. And so if, if a leader comes in every day and, and works, works hard and continues to do all the right things, that's, that's probably the first step to be a leader. And then from there, you can learn to help others around you. But it, it's different in every moment. I'm, I'm still a young guy on this team learning when to when to be vocal and when to maybe let somebody else take the reins. And so, so it changes every day and in every situation. But, but personally, I, I, uh, I don't know if I can narrow that down to anything specific. So here's Mario Verdusco. He was asked about a, a two-quarterback system. You know, what's the plan? What's talked about? Where can you go with this luxury of Adrian and Luke? And can you use them both? Here's Super Mario. One sec. Oh, you're fine. I lost it. I had it, and then I lost it. Uh, are we ready? Do you have him cussing at all? No. You didn't edit any? I mean, like, did do we have him talking about tough-ass quarterbacks? Yes, we do have that. Okay. But I want to hear about the, the There it is. For some reason, all the folders went away. Well, okay. there's only a thousand cuts today. Don't worry about it. Here's here's uh, Mario Verduzco. Wait, you say cut four? Yes. That can create stress for a defense, particularly when both of the young guys are capable of running it and throwing it, you know. Um, how much of that scheme-wise Coach Frost wants to do, that would be best a question for him. But I certainly think when you have that availability, uh, it certainly helps you. It did help the Browns, even though it wasn't a quarterback throwing the ball to our guy in the end zone. But, yeah, it, it, it uh, is pretty dangerous. Mario was talking about Landry to OBJ uh, on the on the old throwback. But when it comes to simplifying offense here, let's go to cut uh, six. Mario, you know, things are, are getting streamlined here. And it's a nice kind of a triangle setup. You got Frost, the play caller, of course, but you got Lubick, the OC, and, and Mario, all three of them kind of in concert together. 
It's more simple in a variety of ways in terms of uh, where you might start your progression and so on and so forth with regards to that. Um, so the other piece of the puzzle is Coach Lubes has done a great job figuring out uh, the the base plays and even some of the third down uh, situation offense, pass offense stuff that we've been able to rehearse over and over and over and over. So at least uh, for us right now in terms of what we've been going through, it's, it's been really good. How it's going to translate into competition, we're going to find out. But I feel real good about it right now. Got a lot of talent at quarterback. Uh, Logan Smothers was was asked about, and he's on pause like everybody else. You, you had a good spacing set up with the quarterback room. That's been thrown into a bit of a a good problem, right, when you got three talented players, but some high praise on, on where Logan Smothers has progressed. Um, very similar to how when, when Luke came in. His issue particularly was uh, he just didn't get very many reps in spring, right? You know? So we've done uh, as good a job as we possibly can getting him caught up with the experience part of it. But like Luke, he had some things that he needed to get cleaned up. And because of the delay, you know, I think in a kind of a weird, goofy-ass way, he's probably further ahead than he normally would be. Excuse my French. You keep speaking French, Super Mario. It's all right with me. Let's. Can we get into to COVID mindset? This was pretty powerful by by uh, Coach Verdusco. He always thought they were going to play ball. I, from my own, my, my own personal standpoint, I, I just looked at it that we're playing. And I worked and I prepared as if we were going to play. Uh, I told the quarterbacks to, to think of it that way. That way, yep, whatever happens, happens. If they delay us, they delay us. But, I, I, yeah, it, it gets to be a kind of a pain in the ass, you know, when you get delayed over and over. But uh, to be able to fight that, that, that's how I dealt with it. Uh, Sean, to be honest, I just we're going to play. There we go. Coach Lubes pain in the ass and we'll get his take on COVID before we say goodbye. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, we're going to have a stake in a beer bet uh, tonight, you and me, Elijah. This Tampa Bay game? Tampa. Uh, dude, is Evans playing or not? Uh, I have heard yes within the past 15 minutes. So do I bench Thielen or Tariq Hill for Evans? I, I benched Thielen. And he he went, went off for, last week. He yeah. did. But Evans went off. I also have Thielen. But I have Tariq Hill. I have crap for running backs now. I, keep, I, I will start Thielen because... I'm the, starting Gronk. That's my only choice at tight end. The Seahawks defense is depleted. In the secondary, especially, mm-hmm. so I'm starting Thielen, um, because that game's also probably gonna be a shootout. With- and, and let's be honest, Oakland's secondary is brutal. Excuse me, Vegas's secondary, secondary. is brutal. Yes, another one for the swear jar. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Man, I I would keep Mike Evans benched. Yep. Coming off an injury on a Thursday ankle, night, it's an game. ankle, right? Short week, and so I mean Gronk's gonna get 75 targets tonight. And he'll do his thing. Okay, last thought from Mario. 
and this was priceless about I can see Mario with the the shades on and the Clorox wipes and just hosing down that quarterback room. When we got back to the quarterback room, I put names on each of their chairs um, so that they were sitting in the same chair all the time, making sure they were spread out. When I get here in the morning, I get those, uh, I don't know, what are they, Clorox disinfectant towels, whatever the hell they are. So I go in every morning and I, and I wipe down their chairs, the back of the chair, where they're sitting, the keyboard, and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, to make certain that we're as um, self-contained in this bubble and clean as possible. You certainly don't want to lose your quarterbacks, uh, nor any person on the team for that matter, but you certainly are, are cautious about that and making certain you're doing everything to keep those cats healthy. Whatever the hell they are, those Clorox wipes. So that was gorgeous from Super Mario for Deuce Go today. Tomorrow, we'll have Parker Gabriel with us. Dean Blevins, as he's headed down to the Red River Shootout, Texas, Oklahoma, the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, and uh, Danny Burke will join us for Burke's Best Bets. Uh, we will sneak in a lot of Ryan Held. We, we spent time talking about quarterbacks and defense and kind of this, this muted mood for Nebraska, they're going to let their their play on the field be their volume level versus maybe talk and hype the last two years. It's been our our thoughts today, but uh, a lot from Ryan Held and uh, great running backs coach for Nebraska. A lot of talent in that room and some names that you've been waiting on, and you got a glimpse of last year. But we'll hear on on Ronald Tompkins. So the line is minus three Tampa right now. We'll see if that goes down here a little bit before kickoff. A lot of our affiliates here on Hale Varsity will have Westwood One coverage coming up a little bit after 7 o'clock with Tampa and Chicago. Who do you want? Steak and a beer. Uh, I think Vegas is pretty smart, so I'm going to take Tampa. Okay. And I'm going to take Tampa 28, Chicago 24. You think it'll be close? I think it'll be close. I don't like Chicago's quarterback situation. Chicago doesn't like quarterback. Chicago's quarterback. All right, we'll we'll shake on it, but I need seven points. Fine. All right, I can do that. Give me the Bears in seven. Talk to you tomorrow at four. Not Hale Varsity. Thanks.